We told you Friday exactly how it was going to end, but yet you still wasted three hours watching that crap, and now you're going to waste about another hour listening to me talk about it. Enrod Walker, coming up on Datitude, you sicko, you. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends out there who are trying to get a hold of me to help predict their future like I predicted yesterday. Just call me Nostradamus. Nostradamus Derry, that's who I am. Actually, I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 131 for a Monday, January the 9th, 2023. I told you. I mean, karma dictated what was going to happen yesterday long before it happened. We didn't need to waste. And look, I watched it because I have to. And I'm not telling you you shouldn't have watched it. It's the last game of the year. But karma dictated what was going to happen yesterday? Had I told you before the game, I'm like, okay, God allowed me to have one stat line from this game. And then you go ahead and even I couldn't have predicted this. I couldn't have predicted that they lost with this stat line that I'm about to give you. Here are the passing numbers for Carolina Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold. You want to take a guess? Five, he completed five passes. Five of 15 for 43 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. And I told you that was the stat line. Had you told me that was the stat line, I'm like, wow, Saints finished strong, man. What, they went 24 to 3? No. Okay, what they? what is it? They get a pick six or something, and the Saints kind of stunk 17 to 10. Now, you crazy. You're just crazy. Now it's actually 10 to 7. And the best part about it is Saints march right down the field on the first drive of the game, score a touchdown, fool everybody. Alvin Kamara. Okay, here's. No, they gave me two stat lines. Okay, they gave me Sam Darnold's five for 15 with 43 yards and two interceptions. And then they gave me Alvin Kamara, 23 carries for 107 yards. Um, yeah, the Saints won. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Well, how many points did they give up? 10. And they didn't win. No, they didn't win. Microcosm of the entire season. And that's, that's pretty much Derry's dime for today. I mean, we're, I mean, look, Rod Walker of the Times Speaking the Advocate, sports columnist, is coming on, and we're going to talk more about this. But my question is, how much do you need to blow up? Does this team need to be blown up from the floor? I mean, I think I've kind of changed my opinion a little bit. I don't necessarily think it needs to be completely blown up, but they need massive changes. 
I mean, and some of them are obvious. I mean, if you don't think they need to change a quarterback, even if you were one of the diehard Dalton guys, just and, and let's face it, you weren't being a diehard Dalton guy because you thought Andy Dalton should have been the quarterback. You weren't being a diehard Dalton guy because you hate Jameis Winston. I mean, it is what it is. Just tell the truth. I mean, it's okay if that's what the truth is. I mean, how many times do I need to say the same thing? Andy Dalton's stat line from 90% of the games he played could be from any stat line he's ever had in his entire NFL career. 15 of 25 or 171 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. I, if I told you that was the stat line from the Falcons game, would you believe it? If I told you that was the stat line from the Tampa Bay game, would you believe it? If I told you that was a stat line from the Philadelphia game, would you believe it? Of course you would. Of course you would believe it because it's always the same. And if you want that to be, now, now look, nobody wants Andy Dalton. I mean, not nobody. I mean, maybe 10 people, 15 people tops either want or think Andy Dalton will be the quarterback of this team next year. We can only hope Dennis Allen's not one of them. Or Mickey Loomis isn't one of them. Because if this team doesn't realize that they need massive changes, and that is not only one, but it's 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D. That's where you start. All you got people that hate Dennis Allen and, uh, you know, oh, they won the three games in a row, saved, saved his job. They didn't save his job. He wasn't going anywhere. It could have been four and thirteen. He wasn't going anywhere. It would have had to go four and thirteen, and he lost the last four games by twenty games, twenty points apiece. That was the only way he was leaving. He's not. He wasn't leaving before. He's not leaving now. It has nothing to do with the, with the three game winning streak. That's not who this team is. Now, are the changes need to be made? They need an offensive coordinator, because I would be surprised. I mean, really surprised, honestly. If by the end of this week, they don't tell you that Pete Carmichael is going bye-bye. There's a chance that he stays with the organization um, and takes a, a, a lesser role. He didn't want that job in the first place. I'm not even bashing Pete Carmichael for his lack of, I don't know what the right word is. Um, I don't know. Ingenuity, just lack of it. Was just kind of ho hum. Watching Saints offense was like watching the Saints offense from like 1987. At least then with Jim Mora, you know you didn't have to be do anything creative. You just hand the ball off. It's you know a friend of mine used to joke, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Well, I mean that's all you really had to do. And, I mean, there was a little bit more than that this year, but not much more. I mean, Alvin Kamara finally decided to show up towards the end of the season. Well, goody for him. They finally realized towards the end of the season, they used, they need, Carmichael realized they need to use Taysom Hill more. Well, goody for him. I mean, he didn't use him much yesterday. Different kind of defense. I don't, I don't even mind not using him as much yesterday. But just... There's so many chances. I mean, I mean, we can't spend the... We're going to talk about this throughout the offseason. We don't have enough time today to talk about that. 
to talk about all the changes we're going to make. Because we're going to talk a lot about it with Rod coming up. So I'm not, I'm not going to spend my entire Derry's time talking about that. But how did I say the game? Did you listen Friday? Did you listen to me and Duncan talk? Did I, did I tell you how the game was going to end? Karma. Karma says the Saints were going to lose on a last second field goal. That's how it was supposed to end. No one should think that this team deserved the four-game winning streak. They didn't. No one should go into this offseason thinking, ooh, maybe it's not that bad. They won four games in a row, and they're eight and nine. I'm not trying to sound like Doug Mouton from last week or any other Saints fan who thinks this team isn't as bad as they really are. And frankly, they weren't as good as 7-10. and 10. Don't let that record fool you. They were not 7-10. and 10. This was like a 5-12 and 12 or 6-11 and 11 team at best. I said in September, if Andy Dalton was the starting quarterback for the rest of the season, they were going 6-11. and 11. I missed it by one. Sorry. You take the Atlanta games out of the equation, and the Saints went 5-10. and 10. You don't play Atlanta this season, you go 5-10. and 10. I mean, they should have, should have, would have, could have beat Tampa Bay twice. And I'm including the first game in that. It was 3-3 going into the fourth quarter. They're about to drive down and score. They changed the entire season. I'm not blaming Mark Ingram, and I'm not blaming Jameis Winston for sure. But you're driving down to score. I mean, that changed Jameis Winston's outlook the rest of the game. He's trying to make things happen. He threw three picks. Ingram fumbled. That changed the, didn't just change the entire game, in my opinion. That changed the entire season. Think about it. If the Saints beat Tampa Bay and they're 2-0 right there, they don't lose at Carolina the next week. They don't. They're 3-0. They might lose to Minnesota and London or whatever, but they don't lose to Carolina. They're 3-0. So instead of being 3-0, you're 1-2, and you got that just and, – and not only that – Jameis Winston's the quarterback. And you could hate him all you want to hate him. But the season's different. It's different. It's certainly not, okay, it would have been worse. How do you know? I don't think they could have been worse. I don't give a rat's ass that they won three games in a row. It means nothing. In fact, it's almost a bad thing. If anyone takes anything good out of that three-game winning streak, you should have your head examined. You should watch a you should go back to watching Netflix. Stop watching sports. That three-game winning streak had is has more of a negative effect on this team than it has positive. Because there are going to be some, and I God, I hope none of them are an airline drive. But there are going to be some people who think that now. That just goes to show this team is not that bad. They suck. They've got major decisions to make in the offseason. That being said, I have softened a bit on having to blow up from the floor. But they need to make some major changes. Starts at quarterback. And you need to compile a list of potential people that you can trade in the offseason. You need to make some changes there. Again, things we'll talk about in the offseason. Number one's Alvin Kamara. 
He's going to be suspended for the first six games probably of the 2023 season anyway. He's your number one, without question, tradable commodity. That you're at least, at least that you're willing to trade. I mean, you're not going to go trade an Olave or Alante Taylor or something like that. So being realistic, he is your number one tradable commodity. What can you get for him? I'm not sure, to be honest. I think he has a friendly enough contract for what he's worth. I'd have to go look, and that's, again, something we'll go into in the offseason. Can you get a second-round pick for Alvin Kamara? I think you can. Something like that. But you've, I mean, is the Sean Payton thing going to happen? I don't, you can't hold your breath if that's going to happen. And if it happens, it's going to happen in the next three to four weeks. I got to lean, I'm leaning towards it's not. I mean, now look, Sean Payton's camp is starting to throw out these stereos, interviewing with Denver. He doesn't want to go to Denver. He might interview with Arizona. He certainly doesn't want to go to Arizona. There is no way, and I don't care, you record this playback if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Sean Payton does not want to go coach for the Bidwells. Sorry. So I don't care whether Arizona fires Kingsbury or doesn't. He doesn't want to go there. And I just I don't want to see him wanting to go to Denver. Now, maybe the Rams, if McVay quits, I, I mean, he, I could see him being on the West Coast. Or maybe he hopes Dallas flops on their face next year and McCarthy gets fired and he gets the Dallas job that he's always wanted. I think it's 50-50 he coaches next year. So if you're hanging your hat on getting a first-round draft pick because Sean Payton's going to go to Denver, don't I would, I'd keep your hand on the hat or it's going to fall to the ground. That, that's, not, that's anything but a short thing. Long way to go there. And for those of you hanging your hat on him coming back to the Saints, then I hope you don't like that hat. Because that's going down into the canyon, my friend. That He's not coming back here. Dennis Allen, there's about a 98.7% chance that Dennis Allen is the coach of the New Orleans Saints next year. It might be higher than 98 points. I might be... I might be shorten them a little bit. Might be more like 99.6. It ain't happening, in other words. Now, I think there's an excellent chance of a new offensive coordinator. But, I mean, it's not just that. The Yesterday, again, a microcosm of all the changes that need to be made to this team. Where do you start? You start by figuring out who's going to be the quarterback next year. You start and you, you start by figuring out who can you trade. You need to get that list together now. You can't be a cap hell again next year. Sure, Michael Thomas did the Saints a favor by cutting fourteen million dollars off of his cap hit, but that you know what, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't help as much as you think it does. It doesn't mean you could just unload them now. First of all, anyone have this pipe dream of them, even if the Saints are able to trade them? They'll still be lucky to get a, a bag of circus peanuts. I'm not kidding. He is, he's going to cost this team a lot of money. If anybody's willing to take on a piece of his salary, they're not going to give you a whole lot. Maybe if you're lucky, you get a fifth-round draft pick. If you're lucky with his salary hit. 
because some team's going to do you a favor by bailing you out if they take him. And then you're still going to probably have to eat part of his salary. That's, a, again, another story for the offseason. But things that pop into your head when the season's over. You know, I have gone through a lot of season finales throughout my life and throughout my career. I don't know that I've ever been less um, upset's not the right word. I don't know that I've been more indifferent, I guess is the right way to say it, to a, to the end of a season. I mean, even though we work our asses off throughout the season and you're like, the season's over, we can take a breath now. I mean, we're still pretty damn busy. But it's not like when the Saints play. It's different. And even though you could say, okay, we take a breath now, it gets easier, you're still kind of upset when the season's over. You look forward to that. that It takes a little while to get used to not having it every week. It's like the first three, four weeks, it's like, well, first of all, you still have the playoffs. And you're used to the Saints being in them, by the way. And so now what do you do? It's like you got a couple bye weeks. Oh, no, it's the, you got six months of bye weeks, pal. Seven months of bye weeks. You got a lot of bye weeks coming up. Takes a while to get used to that. But I've, I've never been so indifferent. I got to be honest. I mean, I think I told you this last week. I had the over seven and a half wins for the Saints. I, bet, I made three future bets on win totals. The 49ers the Saints, and the Panthers. Those are the only three future bets I made on over over win totals. I didn't bet any unders. I should have. But I had, the Niners already won it for me. So going into this weekend, I had the Saints at plus seven and a half. So if they win, I get it. I had the Panthers at plus six and a half. If they win, I get it. So in the grand scheme of things, I didn't care who won. But then I was getting worried there was going to be a tie and I wasn't going to get either one. I was more concerned about the tie than I was about the Saints or Pan- than the Saints winning or wh- the season being over or whatever. So when Pinheiro made that kick, I threw my hands in the air. I could tell you, count the time on two fingers probably. And I don't even remember what the other time was. I'm sure there's been some other time in my life that I rooted for the Saints to lose. And I wasn't rooting for the Saints to lose until the end because I did not want overtime because if that game wasn't overtime, that game was ending in a tie. So I was like, please, for the love of God, Pinheiro, make this damn field goal and end this nightmare and give me my over six and a half wins. So I get one of them. But again, a four-game winning streak would have been bad for this team. It had been really bad because you would have had people... I'm not mentioning any more names of people that have been on this show. But you would have people saying, they're not that bad. You can't win four games in a row and be a terrible team. Eight and nine is not bad. It sucks because they weren't really eight and nine. They weren't really seven and ten. The defense is played okay. They were a top... 12 defense, I think that's where they're going to finish at, 12th. That's a little better than average, not a lot. But the offense, remember the whole first half of the season when we were doing our Friday show and we were doing comparisons of offense to the other team? And the offense, the first half of the season, they're 6th, then they dropped to 7th, 
then they dropped to ninth, then they dropped to 11th, then they dropped to, I think they finished like 18th or 19th. I'm going to have to look and see where they finished. But it, it was below average. And they had to be really bad the last eight weeks of the season to drop that far. Got a lot of work to do this offseason. Um, I guess that's Derry's dime. I didn't, as you can tell, I didn't script it this morning. I mean, I'm tired of scripting it and writing the same old thing. I don't want to be Derry Downer. I'm just telling you the way that it is. And it's not down. I'm, you know, I was go back and listen to my shows from before the season started. I was as high on them, or not quite. I was almost as high on them as everybody else. I thought they'd win nine or ten games. I didn't see how, I thought seven and a half, the over seven and a half wins, I thought that was like stealing. I couldn't wait to jump on that grenade. I couldn't wait to put my hard-earned money on that crap. There is no way this team's not going to win seven and a half games. I was wrong. So were a lot of other people. But, uh, I, 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 you know, like Phil says, I called the way that it is, or the way that I think that it is. And it's not being negative or trying to be negative. I'm just, I just want people to be realistic. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so funny. We've got this guy who, who comments on the Bayou Bet show. I'm not going to mention his name. If he's listening to the show, he knows I'm talking about him, and I don't care. He's probably not listening to the show anyway. We'll just call him Joe, okay? He, he comes on a show in the beginning of the season. I'm not joking. He was predicting the Saints to go 15-2 and two with his comments. And then by about week four, he went straight from 15-2 and two to 2-15. Two and 15. There are so many people like that in this world. And Houdat's galore. Houdat's are famous for this crap. They're like all gung-ho, riding the magic carpet. Saints are going 16-0, 17-0, baby. Saints aren't going to, I don't know, who, who do you think they might lose to? I don't know if they can lose. To like, and they'll watch three games and go, oh, this team's terrible. They're not going to win two games this shit. Same guys, same people. And it's been since I was a kid. It's, this isn't anything new. You know the squirrels that Buddy D used to have on his show? Yeah. They, they haven't gone anywhere. They're still squirrels. They're still, uh, they're still, they're still playing with their nuts. They're still crazy. It is what it is. It's all right. We love them anyway, but they, but they're a little cuckoo in the head. You got to worry about them. I do worry about them, to be honest. Get off the magic carpet. Put your feet on the ground like Casey Kasem. Reach for the stars if you want to, but keep your damn feet on the ground and look forward. This team is what it is. This the. There is, you know, it's it's hard to believe you go in just a short period of time from thinking, okay, this is a nine and eight, ten and seven kind of team to what they are now. And we got exposed to what the reality is and how good Sean Payton was. How Sean Payton worked miracles with this team in 2021, because that's what he did. He worked miracles to finish nine and eight and have them with a chance to go to the playoffs in the last game of the season. Those days are gone. And, um, you know, I've said it the last few weeks. I don't want Dennis Allen to get fired. I don't want any, I don't want anybody to get fired, to be honest. 
I've been through it many times over the course of the last 10 years. A lot. It sucks. Now, it's different for somebody like Dennis Allen because he's got a lot of money, but it doesn't hurt any differently. It doesn't make you question yourself. And trust me, Dennis Allen's questioning himself right now. He doesn't need to be fired to question himself. But I do think if there's any positive that did come out of the three-game winning streak and the way they played the, the back half or the back six, seven games, even in the loss to Tampa Bay, even in the giveaway game, since about the Ravens game, or maybe since the Steelers game, I'll say, he's become a better coach. I think he is more understanding of what his role should be and what this team needs to do. There's going to be a new offensive coordinator. I hope they pick the right one. There's going to be a new quarterback. God, do we all hope they pick the right one. I don't know who that quarterback's going to be. If for some godforsaken reason, I like the guy. I think he's a really nice guy. I don't think he really wanted this job, So, which is another reason why I don't think it'll be him. But if for some reason Andy Dalton takes the first offensive snap of 2023, write this team off and just... Just put a fork in me. I can't talk about that for 17, 18 weeks again. I'm I'm too young and too old all at the same time to go through that crap again. But I don't think we'll have to. I think they're smart enough to realize that that can't happen. Will it be a rookie? Will it be a free agent? Will it be a combination of both? I don't know. It's going to be a lot of changes. Again, things we'll talk about a little bit with Rod here, but definitely more in the offseason. Certainly with Jeff Duncan on this this Friday coming up live at 9.15 a.m. and going forward. But let's, look, I, you know, you've heard me go on ramble with my dime this morning. But I had to get it out. I feel better now. Big game tonight, by the way, before we get to Rod. I know uh, if, if any of you have paid attention, Bayou Bet's got a huge bet going on in this one. Let's just say... If Georgia doesn't win by at least more than 12 and a half points, you're going to want to watch the Bayou Bets show on Thursday because somebody's going to have, I'm not going to have egg on my face, but I'm certainly going to have paint on my face. And if Georgia does cover, then someone else is going to have paint on their face. It's going to be fun. For God's sake, please cover. That's a whole different story. All right, let's get to Rod. And by the way, I sound a lot better, don't I? I'm finally feeling better. Been a week and a half of this funk. That's how I started 2023. It started like December 30th. Whatever the last show of last attitude of, of 2022 was, it started literally during the show. I started feeling bad. And it's still going on, but I feel so much better. I can talk. Look, I've talked 20 some, some odd minutes, and I haven't coughed once. It's amazing. I haven't pressed the cough button. haven't had to press pause. None of that stuff. Pretty proud of myself. But let's see what we what Rod thinks. Rod's always nice, though. Rod, Rod, Rod's probably never said anything mean about anybody in his entire life. But sometimes it's good to hear the perspective of someone as nice as Rod Walker. And we'll hear it now. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast this morning, 
Tyson McKeon and Advocate Sports columnist Rod Walker. Rod, it's been a little while since we had you on the show. What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. It's been a <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. I'm sure, right? <laughs> we absolutely have a lot to talk about. So we'll we'll, we'll get right to it. Um, you know, I don't want to call myself Nostradamus, but in my NFL column this week, I said uh, that the Saints it, karma said they were supposed to lose this game. And then they were going to lose it on a last-second field goal by Eddie Pinheiro. I mean, you know, just every now and then I get one right. But that's how this season was supposed to end, right? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, it kind of pretty much that loss, you know, that kind of the whole it summarized the whole season pretty much. I mean, it's, you saw it all in one game. And, uh, you know, it's funny when we're doing our picks, um, it's me, Jeff, Taryn, and Luke, the Saints writers, and um, – I'm one game behind Jeff, and I started to pick Carolina just so I could catch him, and I didn't, and we all picked the Saints, so I ended up, you know, finishing behind him. But, yeah, um, I don't know if I was surprised that they lost. I mean, I did think the Saints would win. I just thought they were going to try to finish the season strong and win those four games in a row like they had talked about after that Tampa Bay loss, and they just weren't able to do it. And, again, just some of the same old issues popped up. You talk about a microcosm of the season. You know, they go right down the field and score. And, you know, I'm like, well, okay, well, maybe I'm going to be wrong because they look like, you know, we've we got a great game plan. They, you know, they, they found a way to march down the field and then couldn't find a way to do anything else the rest of the game. I mean, even if you make the two field goals, you score 13 points. So what? I mean, that is not uh, – they have got to figure out – they have so many questions in the offseason. We're going to get to some of those questions. But, uh, man, I mean, it's not just a microcosm. It's kind of a, a – t- a, foreshadowing of the future as well of things that they're going to need to do in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, at, at some point you have to realize that this is who this team is. I mean, we you know we kind of seem to make excuses for them sometimes, but this is just a, a team that's not very good on offense, a team that, you know, defense had their struggles early on, but they seem to figure it out. Uh, you know, they had some really good teams under 20 points these last five or six weeks of the season. Right. So I think the defense is good enough to, you know, this is a good enough team to win some games, but I mean, it just goes to show that you've got to be able to score some points in the NFL. You're not going to just be able to just hold people to, you know, less than 10 points a game or whatever and think you're going to win. Well, I don't think we need to spend, you know, 30 minutes talking about the game yesterday per se because, uh, you know, our, our song later on, we always end the show on a song, and I think uh, I think people will get it right when we start playing it. But my, So i got a couple of questions for you as we go into the off season here. And my number one question is, if you as a casual fan, if you're if you you know just a regular who dad, do you think this team needs to be torn up from the floor, or do you think it's just a few changes here and there? No, I think just a, just a few changes. And I think it all starts at um. I guess you're probably gonna get into it, but I think it just starts at at quarterback. I mean, I think that's the big issue right for, for this team right now, and they just have to figure that out. Um, the Jameis Winston experience didn't go experiment didn't go like as planned. You know, I know a lot of people were just off on on Jameis Winston didn't want him, but I do sort of wish we could have got a bigger sample size of what he can do. We just never really saw him um, healthy other than those first few games, I guess, last season. Um, but I mean, Dennis Allen didn't go back to Jameis once he was quote unquote healthy. So I, I mean you think you're they're done with him and I think Andy Dalton's a really good backup quarterback. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that you want, you know, starting however many games he ended up starting this season, what, 13, 14 games, whatever it was. Four, yeah. Four, 14, yeah. I think. I don't think he's the kind of guy that you want to have to do that. But I think if you know you have to put him in there in a pinch, I mean I think he's 
you know, a good solid quarterback that's not going to um, probably not going to lose you any games. But as we saw this season and yesterday, he's not going to win you any games either. I don't think so. I think that's the big problem. So you got to find your quarterback somewhere. If you don't do that, you're basically um, you know just running it back with the same guys you had this year. I know you're going to be a lot nicer than, about all this than I am. So, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Here's the one thing that's that that worries me. If I'm a Saints fan, of Andy Dalton being the backup quarterback on this team, um, there's just the temptation of, I mean, of of using him as your starter, as as there was this year. And I think that I said it, and I I said it in the end of September. I think if Andy Dalton is your starting quarterback. You're going to go six and eleven. Now they did one better. They went seven and ten. Big whoop. But uh, I think what worries me is if what I think the Saints need to do is that they can't get a free agent quarterback to come in here, and they don't have a lot of money. They're going to have to draft one. And so instead of starting your future next year and letting that rookie quarterback, potential rookie quarterback, play whoever it is, then you're tempted to just use Andy Dalton and go through this all over again. Yeah, I agree with you, and that's what they. That's what this team cannot do. I think free agency is the way to go. If you can get you somebody who's, and I don't know who the guy is, but someone who's not, I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers might be one of those kind of guys, but he's a guy that's, you know, at the very end of his career. I think right. you got to, this team, I don't think they need this that short gap fix. They need someone who can, they just start looking long-term and not just try to, you know, plug in someone. So um, it's a tough decision to make, and I agree with you. I mean, you can't can't draft a rookie and try to groom him and and then let Andy Dalton be your starter again. I mean, if you do, you're going to probably be in the same situation. I do think the schedule, the schedule is a lot more friendly next season. Uh, you look at, you know, they matched up with the AFC South as one of the divisions they play. I think they only play like two two teams, I think, uh, that uh, has to be more than two. But they don't play as many teams that made the playoffs as they did right. this year. But uh, so, I mean, you think that maybe the ball will bounce your way and you get some of the breaks and win some of those games that you weren't able to to win this year. But, um, again, I think running it back with this exact same team is you yeah. set yourself up to do what you just did. If you had to give a percentage, what's the chances that the starting quarterback for the 2023 season is on this roster right now? Uh, man, I'd say it's pretty low. I just think <laughs> I just I think. I think the Saints know they have to go in a different direction. And, um, again, uh, even if it's, if Andy Dawkins is on this roster, I just think you have to have him as your backup. And you have to, you know, realize that going into this season, if you, you do anything other than that, I think you're probably making a big mistake. I don't think James is a guy, unfortunately. And, I th- I, again, I think he's a guy that – Why wasn't he, Rod? Why wasn't James the guy? And how do we know that he wasn't the guy is my question. And that's what I'm saying. I think I don't think the sample size was big enough for us to really even know what he can do. And I – I just wish at some point in this season, and I know Andy Dalton was efficient, I guess. I mean, he wasn't turning the ball over. Right. So Dennis Allen decided. And Dennis Allen's an offense, I mean, a defensive-minded coach. So I think he feels like he probably can win with that kind of quarterback. But I think Jameis should have gotten a chance, and I wish we could have got a chance to see what he could do at some point, and we didn't. And I wish I knew the reason. You, you asked me why, and I wish I knew why. And I don't know why, you know, Dennis Allen did not choose to um, – you know, at least give him a shot and see what he can do, especially down the stretch of the season. I guess, and you, and you said it, but I guess one of my biggest pr- problems, and I know there's a lot of Jameis haters out there. Right, now, right. People don't like his kind of flair. They don't like to eat the dub thing. And I, I, I guess I get it, but you know what? 
when you when you when you're four and nine or you're, you're three and eight at some point, I just don't understand why they didn't at least try and throw him in there and see what happens. I mean, you know, it wasn't like they were scoring thirty points a game and giving up thirty three. They were scoring seventeen points and giving up thirteen or whatever it is. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm trying to understand it. It makes zero sense to at least not throw him in there and see what's going on. Yeah, I agree with you. Again, I think it just goes back to Da being a defensive guy and just thinking they didn't need to score points. He just thought they could win games that way. I mean, you saw a lot of times the season how conservative that offense was, and I think that's just sort of DA's form. And I think if this is more of an offensive-minded coach, I think he said, yeah, I got to make a switch in. We got to score some points. And even if Jameis can't score points, we, we at least need to see if this offense is better with him. And we just never got a chance to see that. And I think it's, uh, again, I think it's unfortunate for Jameis. I think it's, you know, I don't know how he'll – Assuming he's not back, I mean, I don't know how he'll view his time in New Orleans, but he couldn't have been satisfied with the way things turned out. I mean, you know, he spent that first year behind Drew Brees and kind of learning how Drew does things and, you know, thinking, okay, now now it's my turn. And he never really got his turn after those first few weeks of the um, 2021 season. So, Well, and that's um, the thing, you know, he came in last year and got, got, you know, Drew Brees leaves and says, this is your team now. And he comes in, he plays seven games, he gets hurt. It was his team. He did nothing to lose the job, and then he comes in and he has a bad fourth quarter against Tampa Bay. I mean, there's no denying what he did against Tampa Bay was that's the old Jameis right there. But that's on you to to help fix it. I mean, and and you lose to Carolina, and I get it. But, I mean, that's called to me, and he got hurt and whatever. But to me, you press the panic button, and and you go to a quarterback, you know what you're going to get. I mean, I'm not blaming Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton did the best that he could. I mean, but you know what you're going to get with Andy Dalton, and that's a whole lot of average. Yeah, I agree. And, and you, you talk about that Tampa Bay game, and Jameis even, you know, he admitted to this. You know, that was a game that the Saints ended up falling behind. And, right. You know, they, he, he got a little day trying to make things happen that just weren't there. And, you know, obviously he had a bad day as far as interceptions. But, man, that's a lot to um, put into just one bad game. And, uh, I mean, he had some other games that were just okay. I guess you go back to last year, maybe the – Giants, game. Giants game, yeah. yeah, that game, and but overall, I mean, you know, he his numbers were decent, and I think he, I just think he deserved another shot. I, I could, yeah, he I couldn't agree shot. more. And I mean, you know, fourteen touchdowns and three interceptions, and again, you had the one bad game. It's going to happen, and they they couldn't do anything against Carolina. But to me, that that was as much that was the worst game plan, the worst offensive game plan of the season, and I thought there were quite a few actually. And which leads me into my, my next thing. But, you know, you, you have that kind of game plan, and no one's going to be successful. I mean, look at all the games that Andy Dalton where they didn't score 20 points. Yesterday is a perfect example of that. And so I think, you know, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, if you're a Saints fan, it's almost the best thing that could have happened was to lose yesterday. Because for me, if they finish this season on a four-game winning streak and eight and nine, they could say, see, it's not that bad. We just need to make a change here or a tweak there, and, and we'll be just fine next year. So I think the best thing that can happen if you're a Saints fan, and, and i got to be honest, when Eddie Pinheiro kicked that field goal, I, I was like, good. I mean, let's go into the offseason and realize, at least get a little taste of, this is what this team is. Now, forget about the three games they won, because you really, how much can you count on the fact that you beat Atlanta with a rookie quarterback making his first start? You, you win in Cleveland against Deshaun Watson, who was still in preseason mode in, in six-degree temperatures. I think you were there for that. And then 
you come home, I mean, then you go to Philadelphia and you beat the Eagles without Jalen Hurts, and they don't know what they are either. So I'm not sure that you could take a whole lot out of it. And so to win four games in a row, I think, would have been just a really bad thing for this team. No, I agree. I think it would have given it. I kind of mentioned my column. It would have gave them a, a false sense of, <laughs> of of who they are. And I think yesterday was, you know, more of a, okay, back to reality. This is really who this team is. And and I agree with you. I think, uh, I think if they win four in a row, I don't think they make any change. I think I it's agree. okay. We can, uh, you know, we're fine. And But uh, that, that was a <laughs> – Big picture wise, I think it was probably a good thing that they lost that game because I do think they had a false sense of uh, of who they are after those three games in a row. And um, you know, you look at their schedule this year. I mean, they beat two teams with winning records. They beat yep. Seattle. They beat Philadelphia without Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's it. So, uh, and saying that, I mean, the opposite side of the spectrum, though. I mean, they, you know, you look at their playoff games. I mean, the teams, that, the playoff teams they played this season. They were in most of those games. The Bengals game, if Tyron makes that tackle on Jamar Chase and pushes him out of bounds, you know, they may win that game. Obviously, we all know about the Tampa Bay game. Um, who else was it? Baltimore was the one game that they'd really yeah, had, they had no shot. Yeah, they had no shot in that one. But all the other t- playoff teams Pittsburgh, they played. They Pittsburgh didn't have much of a shot either, to be honest. Yeah, they didn't, yeah, they didn't do well. The 49ers game, I mean, those games. Like, yeah, they should. They, they actually, you wouldn't know it by 13 yeah. to nothing, but they really should have won the game, I thought. Yeah, they were the better yeah. team. And, I mean, the 49 a team that, you know, they very well could be in the Super Bowl here in a, in a few weeks. So, I think there were some things. On, that's the thing that made this season so tricky. I mean, they were right there so many times. But that's kind of what bad teams do. They're right there so many times, and they find a way to lose instead of find a way to win. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that loss yesterday was probably more of a reality check for this team, a much-needed reality check for this team. The scary part of all this to me, Rod, is if they have any inkling that they don't need to make major changes and i don't mean you need to like maybe you don't need see i i actually think they need to to start over okay but even if you don't think that okay if you don't think we need to start over i'm okay with it but at least realize that you can if you go through another season exactly like this one i think you're you're setting this franchise back by multiple years instead of maybe just one or two yeah but but when you say start over how how much of a rebuild are you talking there? Because well, I'm, think, talk, I'm talking about I think you need okay. to trade every tradable commodity that you have. You don't have a ton of them. Okay? The Saints don't have a ton of tradable commodities. But I think they're in such dire financial straits that if they just go and try to put patches on this thing, they're going to figure out in a couple years, look, we don't have any money. We're still in cap hell. We haven't figured out how to get rid of this this cap hell. And so that means getting rid of some of these guys. And and I know fans don't want to hear that, and they don't want to go through that, and I get it. And we as sports writers, we don't want to cover losing teams. That's no fun. Right. I mean, we've done it before in our lives, but, I mean, it's sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And, I mean, I mean, to me, number one is a guy like Alvin Kamara. You can get something for Alvin Kamara. I mean, and he, he's actually a tradable guy where you can get, to me, Decent commodity, and to me, that on the first day you can make trades, I'm figuring out where he can go. Yeah, and I, and I get that, and I, I just, I just think the team has a lot of really good young pieces that they can build around, and you know, Kamara's been a guy that, I mean, he's a running back that's you know, thirty. Up, yeah, right. He's getting up there in that, in that, we're close to that point where you know, running backs right. are no longer valuable. So, so I do get that. You know, Kamara's a guy that personally I would probably keep around, but um, I think as far as guys like. Uh, let's, let's take Michael Thomas, for example. I mean, he's a guy that... Oh, I think sure, that, if you can find uh, yeah. a way to, to dump him. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. And he did he did the Saints a favor by by right. cu- cutting into cutting fourteen million out or whatever. It's still not going to be easy to trade him. You're probably still going to have to eat a bunch of that cap. But at least right, now right. you may be able to work it if somebody wants him. Yeah, I just think I think guys like that. I mean, he just hadn't contributed much to much of anything these past three seasons. I think you know there's some guys that that have been around his team that yeah you probably do need to say okay you know what let's let's try to let's let's cut our losses here and just let's let's move on and and I think part of this franchise's issue I think is that Sean Payton era they wanted so bad to yes. hold on to it you know you want to just kind of keep that around you of course know. you do and, and I get it I mean this that was a successful time for this franchise but at some point you have to realize that okay it's time for us to you know kind of move in another direction I mean obviously that was the whole thought process and hiring Dennis Allen, who, um, you know, if this team decided to go in a different direction from Dennis Allen, which I, I would understand, but I just know that they're not going to yeah. do that. I mean, that's not who they are. Right. Right. It's just not who this team is. Um, um, even though they did make that move across the street with, um, with, um, with Van Gundy, with Stan Van Gundy, you know, they cut time. Well, they didn't have, year. they didn't have the same loyalty. They didn't have, right. Stan right. Van Gundy right, as they right, have to, right. to, to that, to to DA, right, but, right. And look, I got to be honest. I'm not even advocating for DA to be gone. I know a lot of people are. I think he could be okay as a coach. He's got to have the right people around him. And I think he's a phenomenal defensive coach. So if he, if he gets, if he gets a, a grade A offensive mind, and look, no offense to Pete Carmichael, and I've been really harsh on Pete Carmichael this year, but he didn't want that job in the first place. He's right. not an offensive coordinator. Right. I don't think he wants to be an offensive coordinator. Right. So and, you need to bring in somebody that, uh, to me, that can that can fill that role. Like, I mean, I've been saying for weeks now, a guy like Joe Brady. You know, you can bring in a Joe Brady and have him run the offense, and all DA's just doing is deciding whether to go for it on fourth down or when to call timeouts, and the rest of it is all defense. I think this team can be successful with him as head coach. Yeah, I know you talked about the quarterback, and um, and I agree they do that need that needs to be a priority. But I do think that Pete. They do need to go in a different direction of coordinator. And I don't think they'll even have to, quote, unquote, fire Pete Carmichael. I don't think – I mean, you mentioned – I agree. I, don't think, job. Yeah. I think he'll just sort of step down and say, you know what, this this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I know they, they sort of – They kind of talked him into they, it. They kind of talk, right. So I don't think they'll even have to fire him. I think he'll probably just step down at some point and yeah. say, you know what, I think he understands it. And, um, you know, I got a chance to see him every Thursday when he did his um, – you know, we talked to the coordinators on Thursday, and it just didn't seem like something that he's just – Going ho about anyway, so um, I don't know if that's enough to fix it. I mean, you change coordinators, but I do think because I don't know what the biggest priority is coordinator or quarterback, but I do think you have to start. You could do both, you could do, but yeah, you could do both, which would be ideal for Saints fans, but you got to do one of them. And to me, coordinators are probably going to be the easiest one, but I think you can do that and get your. Uh, you know, a quarterback that's that's a little better than Andy Dalton is. Yeah, and I, I think that if you did the coordinator thing this week, I mean, I think that's something that needs to be done like now. I mean, right. you, you you bring Pete Carmichael in and say, if you want to stay, you can stay. That's up yeah. to you. Yeah. But and and he's not going to fight that first. Right. Off. Right. And you go and find your offensive coordinator within the next week or two. That way, when you are going out looking for a coordinator, uh, looking for a quarterback, the coordinator has input on it. Right. Right. I agree with you, and I, I think. Um, I mean, I think that that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think that I agree. if you ask me what's going to happen with the Saints in the next few weeks, that would be my, you know, I, that's what I would say would happen. Um, you know, defensively, I was talking about I was with friends last night. I mean, look, I think the defensive backfield is fine. You got some great young players back there. Um, 
Marshawn Lattimore's not going anywhere. He's he's a huge, he's a huge cap hit as well. I mean, I got to be honest. I think if they could, I don't think they could get what it would take for them to to move him. I would, but I wouldn't be opposed to moving him either because he is such. I think he's forty million to the cap next year. Um, so I'm not necessarily advocating that he goes, but if you can find a suitor for him, that somebody that's willing to take on that salary. That would make a huge bit of difference. And when I talk about rebuilding, like a huge rebuild, obviously that would be part of that. Now, that being said, they hold on to him fine. But now, you know, you're talking about an agent defensive line. You know, I'm not sure what Marcus Davenport brings to the table. Yesterday really bothered me. Uh, That incident yesterday really, really bothered me. It kind of showed some things there. And, you know, Demario Davis isn't young anymore. I mean, what is he, 33 years old? uh, Yeah. Yeah getting along those lines. And so, you know, Pete Werner played well. Ellis played fine. But, I mean, to me, there's just a, there's a couple other little things. Just because the defense played well, they didn't start off playing well, Rod. I think they they kind of got into a groove after a little bit when D.A. realized that I got to be more a part of the, of the defense. But but the age on that defensive line really bothers me. And Demario Davis, who's obviously your team leader on defense with Cam Jordan. Yeah, I agree. You know, you talk about the defense. I think some of their struggles, they had all through training camp, all we talked about was how great this secondary was, how deep they were, and they had so many injuries. And They did. You know, uh, and when you're talking about the back end of defense, I mean, a lot of that, uh, how good they are, depends on the communication. I think it was just so hard with them switching parts out so much throughout the season. But, you know, toward the end, I think they finally started to click a little bit. Um, as far as those aging, I think linebacker, I mean, I think obviously DeMario is an older guy. Uh, I think what you saw with Pete Warren and Kay Nellis is, you know, I think that was pretty promising at linebacker. And um, I think DeMario is one of those guys, man, you – I mean, he was still productive. I mean, he – is, is, he is he a guy you're going to have to gotta, drag off the field or is he a guy that's going to say, no, I'm ready, I'm ready to go? Uh, what, no, what I, think, I think DeMario is – you know, he has so much other stuff going on off the field and all his stuff. So I think when it's time to go, I think he'll know. I don't think he's going to hang on too long. You know, longer than he should, and I think right now he's still a good. No, I'm not I saying think, he's ready. I would just I yeah, would yeah, just yeah. No, and I think he's so valuable to that locker room. Probably, I agree. You almost got. I mean, you just got to hope he sticks around, even if. And I don't think he's tailed off much at all. So, but I mean, obviously he is getting towards the end. I mean, there's he's not going to play forever. So I do think he's the kind of guy you still need around. I think Cam George is probably that same kind of guy that you just kind of one more year. Yeah, you just got to keep Cam around, and he was productive this year. I mean, he. I think he led the team in sacks, so he was up there. Oh, you know, I'm not advocating Cam Jordan again. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, one, that one would actually hurt me. Yeah, but there were some people who were, you know, they were ready to write Cam off last year, maybe. Yeah, you know, they thought he's, and um, he's a guy that, man, what he did this year I thought was really actually pretty phenomenal. And um, and even just his – and I, I think losing kind of maybe changes you a little bit. I mean, he did, I mean, he had those yeah. 379 seasons, but this season he was just a little different in the locker room as far as his – you know how accessible he was to the media. He was just—he was always good, but this year he was just on a different level. It's like, you know, I, I think he just—it made him appreciate what the team used to be, and he wants to see it get back to there. And he's guys you probably want to keep around to help you get back to there. And he can groom some of these younger guys. You mentioned Marcus Davenport. You know, I think, you know, there's a chance that <laughs> that may be the last time we saw him. I yesterday. think there's a good chance. Yeah, so, um, you know, you got that. But you got some other guy, Carl Granderson, who's who stepped up and played really well this year. Shy Tuttle. Um, Shy Tuttle had a, had a good season. Um, what happened to passing you? Yeah, you know, he 
he got in there and, and played a little bit, but uh, kind of disappeared. He kind of disappeared a little bit. Yeah, um, Peyton Turner, man, what are we going? You know, oh. he's a guy that hadn't been available. Well, that's a first round and, pick for you. Yeah, man. You know, you get these guys who aren't available, and it's it's pretty crazy to see these guys like that. And then you look at how much Cam Jordan was available throughout yeah. his entire career. I mean, he's just been there, and uh, you know, um, so. The one thing that, that bothered me, I guess, a little bit about Demario is um, I love the dude. Don't get me wrong, and he's a he's one of the you know top five or six you know outside of the Dome Patrol. He's one of the top four or five linebackers this team has had. But you know, I saw him in moments in the locker room where he didn't handle the losing as as well as I would have liked to see him from a team captain. You know, not one to talk to people. Um, and just kind of his body language. I mean, to me, you know, especially earlier in the season. I mean, that's the guy. That's a guy you got to you count on. You, you see, he was the guy that was supposed to take over for Drew Brees with the pregame speeches and all that. I mean, it, it kind of bothered. It, it, it took me a little bit the way he kind of responded. Again, especially in the first half of the season. No, that's fair. After losses, you know, he didn't really. They brought him to the podium. Couple of times, but for the most part, like in the locker room, we didn't really get him a lot. No, he he, on he, game day. he shooed me away twice. Yeah, and he was yeah, and most of those times, I, there, were, there were a lot of times the season where he did talk the following day on Monday, and he just didn't talk after a game. But right. yeah, I mean, and that was the one thing about Cam Jordan, man. He every oh he day, always talk. Win or lose, he's going to talk, and you know you, I, I admire that about Cam. I think that's why, you know, he won our, our award for that we give out to the for media appreciation, and he's got a. Probably could have won it every year because he was. I don't know if if, if Cam to go ever, for Zach Streif, I think. Yeah, yeah, Zach's a great. It was, was just like that, but yeah. yeah, Cam never told us no, win or lose. Um, you need that guy after a loss. I mean, you need somebody who's willing to talk, win or lose, who understands. You know that it says we're not going to just write about you when, you know, when everything's all glorious. And and Cam had a, he had a good understanding for that. And as a media member, we really appreciated that that from him. He's he's one of those guys. Uh, James Hurst is one of those guys. Mark Graham Ingram Ch- is that guy. Mark Ingram, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was obviously, yeah, toward the end of the season, he was hurt, so we didn't really get a chance to talk to him. He's always kind of been that guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we appreciate those kind of guys. You need those guys in the locker room because you don't have those guys. I mean, you're you kind of screwed, you know, after the game. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, during the week even. I mean, you know, Cam Jordan's going to stay in his locker until everyone's done. I mean, that's the, you know, you go in the locker room on a Wednesday, you need somebody to talk to. Everybody's going, oh, wait, there's Cam. He'll talk, you know. Right. I mean, you got to have those guys. But uh, And this season, it seemed like we were missing those guys, though, man. And you know that, you know, we've always talked about the culture in the locker room. And this season, there weren't a whole lot of guys that you could just go to. I mean, right. Um, you kind of wanted Jarvis Landry to be that guy, and you know, obviously he got Oof. hurt. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just. And Tyron that, Matthew was was not ex- what what Saints fans were hoping for. I mean, um, it was good to see him him have a pick yesterday. I thought he played one of his better games actually yesterday overall, not just the pick. But uh, there were games to me where Tyron didn't just kind of didn't show up. Yeah, and I think he's a guy that towards the end of the season, I think he got better too. He and he actually talked about that a little bit. You know, I think he started to kind of find his way. And yeah, I think sometimes it can be hard for these new guys to sort of, you know, find that spot in his defense. You figure he's a veteran, so he could do that. But I do think toward the end of the season he really, you know, started to get better. The missed tackles went down. You know, he had he struggled missing some tackle early on and um he I think that got fixed for the most part. I mean, there were still some issues, I guess, late in the season, but not as bad as it was early in the season. 
Well, lastly on the Saints, because I want to ask you a couple quick questions on, on a couple other things. But um, we all went into the season, and every single m- local media member <laughs> said the Saints would have at least nine wins, and that's when I knew they were doomed. And, I, and I'm, I'm including myself in that. I mean, I had a huge ticket on, on the over, seven and a half wins, but I also had an over on Carolina, so it didn't hurt me as bad. So one of them was going to get the over, unless it ended in a tie, and I was texting Zach yesterday. I'm like, this damn game's going to end in a tie. I'm not going to get an over for either one of them. But um, why why were we all so high on the Saints? And um, I can't see anyone having super expectations on this team next year. Are we all going to say they're going to go under next year? Yeah, fool me once, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, you know, I was probably the most optimistic out of everybody. I just thought, you know, I, when the schedule came out, I think I had them 11 and 6. And then we did another, Jeff Duncan did a poll. I think I had them 13 and 4, which was just, and I remember you, you gave me a hard time about that, and I'm deservedly so. But I think when you look at what this team did last year, you saw the head coming back. You thought James was healthy. Really, though. I just didn't see why anybody would have thought that they would have right. been as bad as they were. Uh, to me, the only, the only reason you could have thought that is if you didn't believe in Jameis or you didn't believe in Dennis Allen. And or they, both. Or both, right. And and, and that's kind of what, what ended up happening, I guess. And um, Dennis Allen didn't believe in Jameis, and uh, this team didn't seem to believe in Dennis Allen in some, in some games, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think – obviously the media was wrong in those – in those picks, but I don't think they were wrong for being wrong. I think right. I think that based on what we saw on paper, you probably should have thought this team was going to be good, and and they weren't. And you know, uh, so. But again, next year I don't think anybody will. Def- I mean, you you can't go in that <laughs> optimistic. I don't think. But again, we, as, as I mentioned earlier, I think the schedule is a little bit more favorable. But um, I'll have to wait and see what they do as far as coordinator and, and uh, quarterback before I make any. Uh, decisions on what this team will be next year, but I do think. So you're not going to give me an over under because I can tell you right now I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the number is going to be seven and a half again. You you, you can't tell me whether you would uh, propose to over or under seven and a half. Now, here's one thing about next year, that, and I don't want to be Mister Optimistic because that that's not you know people are going to be like who's this dude talking, but you know you talk about the schedule. Tampa Bay I think is going to take a huge step downward. If, if they don't hire a new coach, I mean, look, nothing against Mr. Bulls, but that was, I thought the coaching in Tampa Bay has been awful this year. Okay, so they're going to take a, a step down. Carolina's got a new coach that's going to come in. Atlanta is going to have a second-year quarterback most likely, unless they go out and get a free agent, which I doubt. I mean, this division is going to stink again next year, Rod. There's no reason why the Saints can't be the class of this division. Yeah, I mean, this is a division where the team that won it this year went eight and nine. So, uh, might go eight and nine next year. Might go eight. Yeah, I don't think uh, you look at the quarterback playing his division. I mean, we don't know if Brady comes back or not. What he back, right? I I wouldn't think he'd come back. Five percent chance. Yes, I mean, you look at this division. I mean, it's it's wide open. I think you know we're talking about oh, the Saints could be the team, but. I think every other team in the division is thinking the Thanks same the thing. Same like, thing exactly. Yeah, like yeah. There's no way you can be in this division. And don't think you have a shot at shot at winning. I mean, I mean, we had all, every team in this division had a shot at winning this thing 15 weeks into the season. So right. Uh, uh, so yeah, but I do think the Saints are probably. You know, before yesterday, I probably would have said the Saints 
were probably playing better than anybody. I still think I mean, they did. Honestly, yeah. I mean, Carolina was so inconsistent. At least the Saints were, were fairly consistent in the second half of the season. They couldn't score, and they, but they weren't allowing anybody to score either. So they were kind of who we thought they were going to be in the beginning of the season, maybe a little less offensively, which is, to me, why it's even more frustrating that we didn't see Jameis because, you, to me, you had to take a gamble. I understand he could throw picks, and it is what it is, but to me, if you had that extra firepower in there, who knows what this team could have done the second half of the season? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, you talk about the picks. This is a team that, as good as this defense was, they can survive. You, know, you, 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 you right? You can survive a pick or two, just be able to move the ball and score some points. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, think I mean, you, was, you look look at Green Bay last night, Rod. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers makes some key mistakes and, and throws a couple picks here and there. I mean, Detroit was isn't great defensively by any means, but they had no reason to play. Green Bay had every reason to come out and play. It just goes to show, to me, there's nobody in the NFC that's, like, super scared. There's no there's no Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati in, in the NFC. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I probably – I mean, I think the 49ers are probably the best team just yeah. because they are so good on defense, and um, they do have a lot of weapons on offense. And um, But, yeah, they're definitely not a team that you're, like, scared of um, in, in, the, in the whole conference. But the Saints, to me, match up – and I know people can say whatever they want, but I mean, you go look at some of the numbers or whatever, and especially points allowed in the second half of the season. You can throw some of the the earlier games out the window, um, but you look at the Saints. I think they compare to the 49ers. They don't have a quarterback, and they. I mean, to me, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, fine. I mean, but their receivers. You, you don't. You could compare Debo Samuel. And I know they're different players, but Debo Samuel and Taysom Hill feel similar kind of roles, you know, this this different hybrid kind of receiver running back. But what are the what do the 49ers have that the Saints don't have? I I would think the main thing is the 49ers aren't as conservative. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. I just think the coach, Kyle Shanahan, exactly. Right, right. right. I mean you got a you got Brock Purdy. You got a third right. string quarterback in there. And and they're they're winning games. I mean, but it goes to show with to me Rod, with that kind of team, you could have an Andy Dalton-type quarterback. Right. Andy Dalton would win in San Francisco because he's not going to hurt you, and that's exactly what San Francisco – that's all they needed. And I said that from the beginning. If the Saints had a team where all they needed was a guy that wasn't going to get you hurt, then fine. But that's not the team that they are. To me, that's why they needed Jameis Winston even more. So I'm not saying Andy Dalton – Andy Dalton could go be a backup somewhere like San Francisco or Philadelphia or, or something like that and be okay because – if you needed him to start for two or three games, he'd be fine. Right. He's just not the guy that's gonna to to do anything long term for you. Right. That's you know that's kind of, kind of what I said earlier about him. I just think he's a he's a backup, and, and yeah, he knew that coming in. That's what he kind of right. came here to be, and ended up getting that's why the duty, and it just, it doesn't, that's why I know. feel bad saying the things that I've had had to say, and I and I've been I've been kind of mean. I guess is the is the only, <laughs> I mean it's true. And it, but it's not about him. I know he's trying the best he can, and he didn't come here to, to be that. That's not why he came here, which is why I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he wants to do that. I think, I mean, you know, of course, you think every quarterback wants to start. Well, you know what? Some quarterbacks, they really don't. I mean, they're okay if they have to, but Andy Dalton wasn't, I'm sure he wasn't gunning for that job, put it that way. 
Right. I mean, he wasn't one of those young guys who's looking for his shot or anything. Yeah, he's, he's got it. He's had his shot. Right. He's yeah. already had his shot. So he wasn't looking for that. And again, I do think he's a good guy if, if the Saints can somehow keep him as a backup. If you because get I the think, right start. If you get the right, if you get the right starter. If you get the right starter. That's the whole key because I, I just, you know, he doesn't need to win a job next year. I mean, he just, I just doesn't don't need know to be that. that. I just yeah, don't know I don't, who that is. I mean, I. I don't know who they're gonna be able to afford, you know. Afford, Jimmy right. I mean, good lord, please don't let it be Baker Mayfield. I mean, you know that kind of guy. That's what scares me more than anything. You you bring in like a Baker Mayfield or something like that, who maybe could be good, but I don't think the Saints can take that kind of risk. You know, that's not. He needs to go somewhere where you're willing to take a risk and whatever. I I just don't think that's here. But anyway. All right, enough on the Saints. Um, I, I've had you longer than I told you I was going to ask you for, so there's a couple other questions I want to ask you. First of all, what you got tonight, Georgia and TCU in a national championship game? I do think Georgia will win. What's the spread? Is it 12 and a half? and a half. 12 and a half, 12 and a half. yeah. You know, I'm probably, I'm probably ruined a little bit from watching Tulane and Southern Cal, but – I'm thinking TCU is going to be able to cover, and I don't, I, I'm not really basing that on anything other than. And I didn't get a chance to really watch the Michigan game because I was actually traveling to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl, and didn't really get. To, I watched the fourth quarter and maybe two minutes of the third quarter, and I decided too late, not too long, that TCU was able to hang around in there. And I think I just wanted, I so definitely want to see a good game tonight. Yeah. I'm just going, I'm just going to take my chance and say TCU is going to cover because I don't want to see a blowout. I think it'd be good for college football if, if TCU can hang around and, and keep this make this game respectable. Oh, I hope you're wrong. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we have a big bet on the Bayou Bets uh, show. Um, and uh, they were giving me grief because so I finally made Gabe Henderson stand up and take a bet. So if uh, if Georgia doesn't cover tonight, then I'm going to, on the Thursday show, I have to have my daughter paint my face silver and purple. Oh, okay. And uh, and uh, and wear it on the show for 45 minutes. And if if Georgia does cover, then Gabe's going to have to paint his face red and black. And uh, you know, we'll see who who looks like the dumbass. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I like your chances, Jim. I'm not having to to wear that, but uh, just from from a personal, just as a quote unquote fan. I mean, I just kind of want to see a good close game and don't yeah. want to see a blowout. And I I'll want to hear the. I don't want to hear the SEC fans saying how they're elite and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll take 40 for 10. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying what I'm going to take. I do think TCU has to have – they have to start well. I mean, they can't fall in the against Georgia. They do it. It could get ugly quick. So, uh, TCU needs to have some things go its way early on, I think. And if they can do that, you know, who knows? They've played some – a couple good teams here and there. But to me, they haven't had enough consistent uh, (laughs) – consistent pressure on them week after week to play a team like Georgia. That's just my opinion. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. As a Mississippi guy, um, what, what were your feelings about Mike Leach and, and the way that Mississippi State responded uh, in their bowl game? And, you know, it was a, it was a nice, uh, you know, Mike Leach was, a, was an interesting cat, man. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he wasn't as, like everybody else. He, he was definitely different. But uh, I, I know he meant, even though he wasn't there a whole long time, just four or five years, what, what, what were your feelings there? Uh, you know, it was, I never got a chance to meet Coach Leach. Um, and I guess it's only like, maybe it was three seasons. I don't know if it was a Three long seasons? Long. I thought yeah, it was four. I think, yeah, maybe three. four. I can't remember. But, yeah, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I always thought as a coach, you know, I always thought he was a guy that, you know, he probably, he'd probably win a game or two that wasn't supposed to win. Mm-hmm. 
but then he might lose one that he wasn't supposed to lose. I mean, I always thought that he was like more of a, you know, nine and three, eight and four is probably his ceiling. Right. But it, but it was going to be fun to watch. And, you you know, you could probably be in a lot of games. So, I mean, I appreciated that. And, uh, you know, just his quirkiness, I think people started to appreciate it more. I mean, some people that some people loved it. Some people didn't like it. I think after he passed, and, he, and I talked to a couple of people, some New Orleans people who were connected to him. There was Hunter Dale, who he played at John Curtis, who actually played right. at Washington State under Leach, and um, Kyle Sheck Snyder, who played at Holy Cross, who that's right. Coaches that coaches at Curtis. At State, yeah. Well, no, then, I always oh, get them mixed up. The one at Curtis played at State. Okay, he went to Holy Cross. Actually, coaches at Mississippi State now. Okay, okay, okay. But his brother. That's, Ky- that's Kyle. That's Kyle. I never know him apart. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, there's a reason why they are they're twins for sure. Yeah, but anyway, uh, you know, I got a chance to talk to them because they they got a chance to know Leach personally and uh, talk to Hunter Dale's mom about him and just how he was during the recruiting process and everybody who knows him absolutely loves him and um, you know I, so I just had so much respect for just just hearing the stories. His players so. loved him. Right, right, they did. Yeah, and just hearing that stuff more so after. He passed away. Just kind of made me have a deeper appreciation of, of who he was. And uh, again, I didn't get a chance to know him personally, so I couldn't tell you any personal stories. But uh, definitely a guy that was, you know, seemed to be really loved throughout the college football community. I mean, you saw some of these football teams in the bowl games that had the Mike Leach uh, tributes on their <clears throat> helmet. I know the Texas Tech coach wore a Mike Leach sweatshirt that said "State" across it, just a plain black and white yeah. sweatshirt. So people like, you know, people who were around him definitely seemed to be touched by him and, and, and inspired by him and just the way he, he was. He was his own guy and didn't mind being his own guy. He didn't care what anybody thought about what he said or did. Speaking of, uh, of coaches, what's with these, what's with these big names wanting to coach in the SWAC? I mean, and now Dion's moving on, but, you know, you got Ed Reed. And, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see, um, you know, you got Hugh Jackson at, at Grambling and yeah. entering his second season, and Ed, Ed Reed at Bethune-Cookman, which, you know, you know, Ed Reed plays college ball in Florida, so, he, you know, he has his, definitely has some connections there. I, I always thought that Ed Reed would have been a perfect fit for a school like like Southern just because Ed Reed and Louisiana is so, he's so respected in, in this state. So, um, you know, I'd be interested to see, you know, how he, how he does at Bethune-Cookman because that's a school that, you know, they sort of had that struggle since this is their – They'll be going to their third year in the SWAC, I guess. And so it'll be interesting if he can turn that thing around. I do think, you know, people you saw see, what Dion did. You going to see more of this, Rod? Do you yeah, think this I think so. I think people saw what Dion did and, you know, as far as just bringing that attention to Jackson State. And I think Dion, I do think that's a hard formula to follow because Dion was just, he's like kind of one of as, as far as. He's coming. As far as his <laughs> his connections, his ability to, re, to relate to two generations, the younger people, he connects with those younger people. And then the people our age, I mean, we respect him so much. So I think it's going to be easy for him to – Dion can always recruit. He's so good on social media. He makes sure that his narrative is the one that gets out there. And I don't know if any other – I don't know if these other people are quite like that. Yeah. So I think that's – the difference between Dion and everybody else, but you know, I hope Ed Reed does well. I do think he he has a name, but man, I mean, Dion just has that. Flag there's only one Dion. There's only, right, there's only one of him, and that's why I think I don't know if everybody should be trying to duplicate that formula. But you I do can. think Ed Reed is, you know, I think he he's a guy that Mike can do it. But other than that, I don't know if there are a lot of guys out there that can be who Dion is. Have you ever heard a better 
first speech to a team than the speech he gave to. Did you hear it, by the way? The speech he gave to his Colorado when he walked in. And uh, <laughs> did you hear it? It's okay yeah. if you didn't. No, I heard. It. I, heard it. Uh, I mean, to me, I he had me wanting to go play football at Colorado, and I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, that's he's got a he's got a he's got he's a perfect mixture of old school and new school. Right. He's got that old school. I ain't putting up with any crap. You're gonna play by my rules, or that's it. Or and, but at the same time, he still got the swag that that the that kids love. Yeah, and that's what you know. People always ask me why I thought he was going to be so successful. I just thought he's a guy that if he goes into any living room and talks to some kid and his mom, like it would be hard to tell him no. And I'm and I'm talking about if you got Dion and Nick Saban. I right. think Dion's probably a better salesman. I, mean, I agree. Just, and I just thought, you know, and I have some friends. We have a group text. We all went to Mississippi State. And, you know, and there were times, and this was before Leach passed away, but we were just kind of talking about, you know, what Dion could do at a, at a, if he had the resources that Mississippi State has or just whatever. And the SEC school, I think he would have been, if Auburn would have hired him. Oh, But the I, kids, you have to let Dion be Dion. Like, you can't be trying to. Restrain him and say, "Nah, you can't do that." Like you gotta let him be who he is. If Auburn had done that, you know, I think this is a guy that would have gone toe to toe with Nick Saban as far as recruiting. And uh, so, there's there's too many old old minds, yeah, right, yeah, right, that right. that aren't that can't accept that, that, can't accept, that kind right. of thing. Right, they're going to one day because the right. old minds are going to die off at some point. But to me, you got to be you got to be forward thinking, and I mean. Right. Look, hats off to, to LSU, and Brian Kelly's no spring chicken. But, you know, to me, he's kind of a no-nonsense guy, but lets, lets his kids do their thing at the same time. And I, he's no Deion Sanders, but, I mean, and there's only one of those. But to me, you got to have a, a guy that's forward-thinking, and I think, you know, like the way Brian Kelly, Kelly is attacked the transfer portal. Um, you got to have forward-thinking coaches to be successful, and – um, I just think that there's there's a handful of coaches out there that are that are able to do that and bring their programs to the next level. So who's going to be the next coach of Mississippi State? You think? Well, you know they moved up the coordinator. They is that permanent? He, well, I mean, yeah. Okay, he, I didn't realize he'll be, the, he'll be the coach next season for sure. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I think he'll. I think they're going. Yeah, and I think that the timing of that was you know just kind of unfortunate for State. I mean, the, you know, there was signing day was. Right, coming up in a few days, or you know, so they 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 almost had to keep it, you know, keep what they had going, and you know, they couldn't really take a chance on trying to bring in a new person, and the time was just, you know, it just kind of worked out that way, and you know, we'll see how this guy does. Uh, I don't even know his name. So that's SEC SEC is going to be fun next year. I think. I think it's going to be more balanced than it has been for a, a little bit. I think you see the Alabama's coming back. They're still going to be really good. Don't get me wrong. But I think they come back down to the pack a little bit. We'll see if Georgia is, is starting the program like Alabama was. I mean, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But I think LSU's in the mix next year, and I think you get a couple other ones. If uh, if if Ole Miss could get get out of their own way, I think they'd be pretty good. But they're just a mess to me. But that, you you like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, before I let you go, what about the Pelicans? Uh, they hit a little rough patch. Um, you know, we don't know when Zion's coming back. You know, B.I.'s had uh, this toe injury. I'm, they're going into a tough stretch now. Rod playing six of the next seven on the road. To me, this is a really critical juncture of the season. 
to me, you got to go 500 during this stretch here and find a way to navigate the waters. I love what Willie's done. And last year showed that the second half of the season is when he really gets everything together. But how do you navigate these waters the rest of January? I think the key for this team is just, um, I mean, obviously you want to win the Western Conference, but I think if, it, if this team is going to have a deep playoff run, the depth, man, there's really not a weak link on this team. So even, even when um, guys are hurt, they're able to sort of sustain a little bit. I mean, you saw the Brooklyn game the other night. They were not without Brandon Ingram and uh, – and, um, and Zion, and they were still able to sort of, you know, be really competitive. And I think this is a road trip. You know, it's the East Coast swing where they kind of go on there. I think they – you said 500. I think they come out at 500. They've done well. And at some point, this team just has to get those, those starting five guys back together. They've only played 10 games together, um, which isn't a lot at all. I mean, we're uh, – Monday night's game is actually the midpoint of the season. That'll be the 41st game when they play the Wizards. So, um at some point, they got to get these guys healthy, and um, I think Brandon Ingram should be really fresh for the playoffs whenever he gets back because he's you would he's, hope so. He's missed a ton of games, so but even when they get these guys healthy, I mean, I think it's probably going to take a little while for them to gel like they need to. So you know, they need to get them back all healthy soon, so we can you know, so they can get so they can mesh and, and be ready for that playoff push. But Do this we, is a team that talent-wise, I think they, they have a chance to be really, really dangerous. I don't think anybody in the Western Conference wants to play the Pelicans in the playoff. Do we think Zion is just that three weeks, or do we think this is a thing that could linger, like, into February, and who knows? Man, you just never know with this, you team. Don't, do with, you? With this team or in this – I shouldn't say this team. In this city, you just never know with, with injuries. I mean, you hear something, you hear three weeks, and then they keep pushing it back because nobody thought Brandon Ingram would be out this long. Nobody right. thought he'd be back. So, um, yeah, I mean, they – I don't know. I mean, uh, you, you saw the injury when it happened during the – I mean, he kind of tweaked it. He, you saw him limping a little bit, but – yeah, you, you just never know, man. Um, I just wish I could do have that kind of athletic ability for like one day, man. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to stop me. I'd go, I'd be in a gym at seven o'clock in the morning slamming basketball, <laughs> and they'd have to carry me off before I was done. Just one day, man. That's yeah, all. He, he's something to watch, man. I, I know I try it's to encourage different. people. If you can go watch him play, you got to see him in person because, I mean, just. His quickness and just the way he gets to the basket and his touch around the rim is just something that, you know, we've never seen before. I was at T-Wolves game, and I don't – it's been a long time since I've seen a player just take over in the final four or five minutes like he took over that basketball game. Yeah, I mean – And, I mean, he did it all. He shot – he had a three. He slammed it home. He stole the, he stole the, the ball at the end to basically for, to give the Pels the lead. And, I mean, just did it all. The, the dude's a special cat. I mean, he just did so. Yeah, he is. I don't know if we – I mean, I haven't seen – I mean, it's just my time cutting up. And Anthony Davis is really good. Now, don't get me wrong, but – Oh, he's better man, than Anthony Davis. Zion is like just a just a different kind of – Well, I mean, you, you have to you start comparing them to him because they both miss time a lot. So, I mean, you don't, want, <laughs> you don't want that. But, I mean, that's kind of what it is right now. All right, Rod, well, we appreciate your, your candor and your insight. And – um you know, you, you you getting any time off, or are you gonna are you gonna you know now that, that football the Saints are done, are you gonna take any time off? Or? I th- it does slow it'll slow down a little bit, but you know people always, and I'm sure you've had it too as a sports writer. You know people, are like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? The season's over, and especially the NFL, NBA. I mean, the season's never over. Really. That's not. It's free agency, trade, combine, um, 
coaches are getting hired and fired and players were moving on. It's just always You something. got like two weeks in June. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, that's about it, man. Like it's <laughs> always there's always something. So Yeah, I had a friend um, of mine ask me last night. He said, uh, when's it gonna slow down for you? I'm trying to I'm trying to set up Maybe a golf trip, me, you, and another guy going. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. I hope, I hope after the second week of the playoffs, but who knows? I mean, we, yeah. we don't. Know. And then it's basketball getting into its heyday, and, and you know, it's big time, whatever. Right. But we'll we'll, we'll sleep in June, Rod. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all do, right. man. That's Thank what we you, signed man. up for. That's right. right. Man. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. Always good to have a guy like Rod on. Rod and Dunk are similar, and. I think Rod's even nicer than Jeff Duncan. You know, sometimes you don't even know if that's possible. Because Jeff Duncan's a super nice guy. That's why, you know, I like to balance this show off. I don't want to have too many guys that are like me. You don't want to have too many jackasses come on the podcast. I mean, you know, we'll call it datitude, but we can only have so much of that crap. I mean, you, you, you know, you start making people not want to listen. And if you're still listening now, I'm I'm super happy with you, man. I mean, I ought to send you a T-shirt or something. I mean, you're a trooper. If you're listening this long after yesterday and it's over and, you know, day to pack the bags and you heard me talk about Sam Darnold, 5-15, 43 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and the Saints still lost, you are a trooper. It means you're probably going to be with us in the offseason, too. But for now, there's only one song that came to mind this morning. I mean, it just so happened to be playing on the radio when I was going to get my my Egg McMuffin. That's right. I go get an Egg McMuffin every now and then. Give myself a little Monday treat. But it just happened to pop onto the onto my uh, my playlist or my Surrey Sex M or whatever. Goes to show I, how old I am by the, the fact that this song even came up. But this is it. I mean, this is who the Saints are. It's it, it it's it in a lot of ways. The season's over, and they got a lot of decisions to make, and this is it. Make no mistake. This is it, said Kenny Loggins. And that's kind of how I feel about where the season is and where this team is going. You got a big fork in the road, my friends. I mean, and there's going to be more forks in those forks. And I hope uh, I hope you don't fork yourself. Is that is it? Can I say that on the air? I said fork. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, by the way, before I, before I leave, just in case he's listening, um, Dairy Bombs did win their second straight Fink's Bowl championship. Just saying. So this is it for that too. It's a pretty good weekend for me. I hit my futures. Hit most of my my best bets. Did fantastic again. Telling you, if you don't listen to the Friday show and stay to the end and listen to Best Bets and go make some plays on Caesar's Sportsbook, you're a little cuckoo in the head, too, like some of these Udats riding on the Magic Carpet. All right, well, we'll be back on the Magic Carpet Friday with Jeff Duncan, live show, and then Uncle Big Nick will be here, and we'll be making those Best Bets. We're not stopping just because the regular season is over. We're not stopping because college football is over. No, we're going to make our best bets for the playoff football weekend. It's all going to be here Friday. Hope you can join us. Have a great week, everybody. We will see you then. Peace and love, my friends. Whatever you do, I'm here by your